0: Fans and welcome to another edition of Match. Canada. I'm Ben Lewis alongside Mike McIntyre. It is day 7 our final day at Rogers Cup from Aviva Center and what a day it was as Canadian Bianca Andrescu made history becoming the first singles woman in 50 years to hoist the title at the event as she defeated Serena Williams by a scoreline of 3-1 and then retirement as Serena was dealing with back spasms and forced to withdraw. Now Mike obviously not the ending we wanted. to. To see uh in this tournament in terms of quality of final, so sad to see someone go out with injury. Uh, but I, I don't want that to take away from this remarkable achievement from the 19-year-old from Mississauga.
1: Yeah, let's stick to the positive and, and give Bianca her due because it was really a stunning week of tennis from her. What a return to the game after the two and a half months being off, rehabilitating that shoulder nobody put her at the top in terms of favorites coming into this event we talked many times about how you know fingers crossed we just want the shoulder to be okay get through it physically she came through some tough early matches three set matches spent an incredible amount of time on the court coming into this final and here she is the first Canadian champion at the Rogers Cup in 50 years it almost seems too good to be true like one of those Cinderella stories here for her to come back and pick up exactly where it seems she left off
0: yeah it's remarkable uh, to, to have that 50 year number first uh, singles woman in a half a century since Faye Urban and uh, really the magnitude of this. This moment i want to say it's one of the biggest wins in in canadian tennis history and it is and then it's remarkable to think just months ago she produced another one of those at, at indian wells so this has become a pattern uh, throughout 2019 anytime we have seen bianca andrescu play tennis this season. She's been incredible.
1: And when you look at where her ranking was at the start of the season outside of the top 100 and what was on her resume coming into 2019, not that there should be that much given her age, what she's done is just absolutely phenomenal she is now moving up to a career high obviously a career high Mm -hmm. of 14 in the world this week she's going to be seated at the U.S. Open uh, and that's going to do her some favors as well giving her hopefully some early round draws where she doesn't have to worry about facing a top top 10 kind of a player although it hasn't seemed to matter because her record now against top 10 players is a perfect 7-0 in her career and that's got to be if not a record certainly up there in terms of somebody starting their career with this kind of incredible success.
0: Yeah what a what a remarkable run it started with that all Canadian matchup in the first round she was facing Jeannie Bouchard the hype was there and it delivered a quality three-set match she j- defeated Jeannie in three sets she defeated Daria Kazukina right after that in three sets then it was kiki burtons the world number five in three sets then the ace queen Carolina plishkova who uh was number three at the time sophia cannon in a great two-set match and then uh, three one just four service games 20 minutes in serena williams forced to stop uh, due to an upper back injury it's it's a uh, kind of ironic to think you're uh, for the two players over 11 hours of court time for Bianca Andrescu. I, I think we thought maybe going into the final if someone was going to be really feeling it physically and not being able to compete it would be her uh, not the legend Serena Williams.
1: Yeah absolutely because there was no sign from Serena in any of her previous matches that there was anything that was troubling her physically speaking whereas for Bianca it could have been hey finally the shoulder just had enough the groin that was bothering her or just the accumulation of, of fatigue with all those hours on the court uh, Uh, Serena mentioned in her post-match press conference that she first felt the back spasms last night, uh, but that she wanted to come out onto the court, she didn't want to disappoint the fans, she didn't want to take a moment away from Bianca, and as a competitor she wanted to give it her best effort, but four games in realized there was just no way to do so. Came down, sat in her chair. I was confused when it first happened. I yeah. thought either she's getting a new racket, or maybe she's confused and thinks it's a changeover. Uh, and then the trainer come out, and you, the trainer comes out, and you're still thinking, okay, well maybe she's just got something that needs to be looked at. And very quickly, then the umpire announced, "No, that was it. Game set match," which was just absolutely shocking. Serena was asked, you know, how come the trainer didn't at least try and work on it? And she revealed, "I know this injury. I've had it before." The pain was too much. There was nothing they were going to be able to do for me in the short term.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. She's dealt with those types of back spasms through the course of her career, and she says normally she needs kind of a 24- to 48-hour window to uh, sort of overcome it and be able to deal with it. Obviously, you get the benefit of of a day rest when you're at a Grand Slam, but you don't when you're at a one-week tournament, uh, in this case, the Premier Mandatory at Rogers Cup. But uh, it doesn't take away from Bianca Andreescu accomplishment and we were fortunate enough to speak with her again we've had many opportunities to speak with the canadian uh post match her big victory we'll let you listen in on our interview with bianca andrescu bianca first time in 50 years that a canadian woman has uh won this singles event uh, when you hear that number what, what does that mean to you
2: uh it's crazy um Just being able to be back on court right now is awesome because I didn't think I would be back so soon. So, and now with the win here today, I mean, it wasn't the way I expected to win, but a win is a win, like I said, and um, yeah, it, it means a lot to me
1: thought you handled that moment with so much poise when Serena retired from the match. What was going through your mind when you saw her walking over first to her chair then when it was announced that she was retiring and and how did you know how best to react in that moment where you're feeling obviously so many feelings sort of flooding you at once?
2: I didn't really know how to react. I was confused as to why she sat down but then when the ref told me that she's no no longer able to play I was in shock. Um, I didn't know how to react but I've been through what she's been through. Uh, she's been through it many more times than I have, but I do have a bit of experience in that. So I just told her that um, I'm sorry she had to go out like this, but she has to listen to her body and that's what she did. She knew that she couldn't push it today. Um, and I just told her that she's a beast and she's gonna bounce back quicker than ever. So I have no doubt about that.
1: That's the edited family friendly version of what you told me.
2: Edited, yes. <laughs> That's, right. That's why you saw us laughing.
0: <laughs> it's been such a, a magical week, kind of starting with that match against Genie. You played four consecutive three-setters. You had the great win over Kennan, and then, of course, the final was short-lived. Uh, is there a single match, maybe, from this week that really stands out to you, like a, a signature win, or, or are they all kind of equally special?
2: Oh, definitely the first round playing uh, playing Genie. Um It's so nice to see uh, two top female athletes um, in Canadian tennis um, playing these major events, so it was awesome to share the court with her. It was a crazy match. The crowd was insane, so I think that was the one that really
1: stood out. My Uber driver this morning assured me that Bianca was going to win because <laughs> it's Canada's season, it's Canada's <laughs> year in terms of professional sports—basketball, um, hockey—sort yeah. of get more focus here in Toronto. How are you hoping that a win like this and your recent success? What will it do for tennis here in Toronto, here in Canada?
2: I really hope it can do a lot. Um, I hope that it can inspire many other people, um, especially the next gen, to, who knows, pick up a racket and even become more serious in the sport. Because maybe if they see me doing it, then maybe they think, oh, well, I can do it too. So that's what I'm hoping for the most.
0: And last question, uh, I had a chance to speak with your coach Monday, Sylvain Bruneau. He called you a true champion. The other day you were impressed saying uh, you don't quite realize that about yourself. No. Has, has no. that sunk in now that you've won the Rogers Cup title?
2: Uh, no. no, it okay. hasn't. <laughs> no, um, I mean, winning this is awesome. Um, but I think... I, I should start realizing that. I don't know. Um, I really believe that I can do good things and um, hopefully that I can continue on doing what I'm doing right now.
1: Well, congratulations. And hopefully on I, I
2: can call myself a true champion one day. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> congratulations on an epic Thank week you guys. And, and best of luck the rest January. of the summer. Thank you. Best.
0: There you have it. The 2019 singles Rogers Cup champion, Bianca Andreescu. Uh, that is something to really say. And I think uh, she's just as surprised as anybody. But uh, as I said, I had the chance to speak with her coach, Sylvain Bruneau, who believes she's a champion. Maybe it's to her benefit that she doesn't realize yet just how great she is. Well, I
1: think give it a few hours. I mean, we spoke with her so soon it's after true. the victory. You could tell as she was speaking to us, there were a few moments where she was just almost in a daze trying to manage the emotional. Emotions and all the thoughts going through her head. Also, I mean, so much press in such a short period of time from what was happening on the court to all the TV stations to the entire media scrum and then uh, the podcast here. And uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that she is now uh, leading in terms of number of Matchpoint Canada appearances because we spoke to her as she our is. very first episode yep. and now twice this week. So uh, she's she's just leading in all
0: categories these days. Yeah, another thing she is leading in in hardcourt wins this season, which is crazy because she has missed a big portion of the season obviously she did miss the clay court season but still for her to be leading uh, in hard court wins at this stage of of the year is very very impressive and uh i don't expect she's going to play cincinnati she hasn't officially withdrawn or officially made a decision uh, on the western and southern open next week but uh, i think to her benefit It's best if she pulls out.
1: In press, you could tell she hadn't even given it any thought yet, but did mention she was going to speak with her team about it. Mm -hmm. I just walked by Sylvain Bruno in the hallway before coming in here, talking with Mark Masters over at TSN, and he basically said the same thing, is we're going to have to sit down and sort of evaluate it, all of us together. To me personally, I don't see the the benefit of going to Cincinnati and continuing to push it. I mean, when she last tried to go from a hard court tournament in um, Indian Wells to Miami, Uh, That didn't work out so well, being so close back-to-back. She's been pushing it all week in terms of time on the court. Why risk anything? Heal up, take a break, practice, of course, and, and save yourself for the U.S. Open, which is coming up soon. And and we're just we can't wait to see her healthy for a, for a grand slam given all that she's done since her last slam, which was the Aussie Open all the way back in January. Yeah, exactly. She's a totally
0: different player now. Yeah, completely different player. Uh, her her best surface this season. Um, we we did see her back at the French Open, but that was different. She completely missed the entire clay court stretch, and then of course couldn't the play grass. Wimbledon. Yeah. Uh, didn't play in grass at all. Uh, but suffice to say, she has to be one of the you know if I'm penciling in five, six names as favorites at Flushing Meadows on the women's side this year. She's in there for sure. She has to be there. Uh, You look at the players she beat this week and you look at the players she's beaten all season long. You said it. 7-0 against against top ten players.
1: And the nice thing about a Grand Slam is she's going to have that extra day of rest in between matches, whereas earlier in the season it was go, go, go every day. Here in Toronto it was the same thing with really no, no room for breaks in there. And I think that's ultimately what seems to be giving Serena Williams trouble this year is having to play small Smaller tournaments, tournaments that are below a Grand Slam level, where she has to play every day and doesn't have the rest, where at her age and with the fact that she's had some physical issues this year it's just so unforgiving i mean she's played in seven tournaments now this year three grand slams we know how she's done there the four events that were not grand slams indian wells miami rome and now toronto she hasn't been able to complete any of those four tournaments two of them she retired mid-match two of them she retired before her next match was going to take place it's been very difficult
0: for Serena to be healthy enough to be
1: her best this season.
0: Yeah. And I, I, think it really came to a head that final, uh, she badly wanted to compete. Uh, I'm not really buying the narrative that she was hanging it up, hanging it up, uh, for any other reason than the, that the injury was just far too severe. We saw her in tears on the court, very emotional, frustrating for Serena Williams. Uh, and, and it's been that way this season cause she knows she needs more match play and more tournaments to be able to compete at the highest level. Uh, Still, we saw some excellent tennis for her. I, I thought probably the highlight for her this week was that very uh, decisive straight sets win over Naomi Osaka that kind mm-hmm. of reminded us when Serena Williams can produce her best tennis, she's incredibly difficult to beat yeah what she's
1: capable of when she's at her best and uh, i mean for serena she was very gracious in the way she handled the retirement mm-hmm. obviously fans were disappointment uh, disappointed they spent quite a bit of money to to be here for this this hyped uh, this hype matchup and it justified the hype I mean you've got the greatest tennis player of all time against our new Canadian number one and champion Bianca Andriescu. why wouldn't you pay some extra money to go see it so disappointing for the fans disappointing for Bianca that she wasn't able to win it in a traditional sense although I thought she handled the moment very well also but Serena was great and impressed afterwards when she was asked what was your positive from this week what was your favorite moment on court and she didn't hesitate she said today facing Bianca Because even though I've got the injury, even though I didn't win, it was just a real treat to be on the court with someone like Bianca, to see her game, and to have the kind words that she she shared with Serena afterwards when she approached her at the chair, gave her a hug, and that showed a tremendous amount of, of class and poise from Andreescu. So Serena, I think, handled it as well as she possibly could and had nothing but complimentary words to say about
0: uh, Bianca yeah she called Bianca uh, an old soul in the press conference which uh, got a few laughs and uh, Bianca at at age 19 to be able to handle that situation come over to a 23 time Grand Slam champion and console her in the moment and make her feel better and and kind of put everything at ease she was also great in the trophy ceremony I thought Uh, just fantastic all around and a a well deserving champion uh, from Mississauga Two premier mandatory titles for Bianca Andrescu, who will be a world uh, career high 14 come Monday. You are listening to Matchpoint Canada. You can find us at Matchpoint Can. You can find me at Ben Lewis, SN590. And you can find Mac- Mike McIntyre at McIntyre Tennis. Uh, we'll continue on on the women's side because I know you wanted to touch on. All the action that we've seen this week—if there were some standout moments for you, some favorite matches—we'll uh, start. We'll start on your end. Was there a particular match you saw this week that you were really impressed by? The quality, uh, a certain player maybe stood out to you. Yeah, I mean, in terms of
1: matches, obviously, it's going to sound kind of cliched or whatnot, but seeing Bianca's matches, each and every one of them had its own sort of extra, you know, flair and and special uh, aspects to it that that stood out as she got herself back uh, up to speed. Um, In terms of moments or players that for me were really fun to watch, seeing Serena Williams anytime you can see a player like that live is always special whether it be in practice or uh, in match play and realistically when she comes back to Toronto in two years, if she comes back to Toronto in two years, she's going to be almost 40 years old. This unfortunately might be the last time we see her so every time i see a great player like this i just try and sort of take it in not knowing if i'm going to have that opportunity again and i also love coming to live tennis tournaments to see a player that i don't know that much about who impresses me and uh this week i'm going to go with marie Buskova who uh, the 21 year old from the Czech Republic made it to the semifinals took the first set there 6-1 off Serena she displayed a game that I wasn't as familiar with really impressive and I was also equally impressed with how she handled press conferences and just being very open and cheerful and it's just so refreshing to see players coming up like that who are excited about what they're achieving and ready to share
0: that with uh, the press and the fans yeah Boskova was certainly excellent and uh, she posted something on her social media about the uh, unforgettable week in Toronto, so you could tell how much it meant to her. The name, the, the young name that actually stood out to me, obviously this is besides the incredible week by Bianca, I enjoyed all of her matches, is uh, the one, the 18-year-old qualifier from Poland, Iga Swiatek, who had a terrific week in her own right. She reached the round of 16. She had to qualify into this tournament and uh, got the big win over Caroline Wozniacki, and then went toe-to-toe with Naomi Osaka, who is going to be returning to world number one, 7664 in a great match on center court. They had such an epic battle out there, especially that first set. Uh, Her movement is incredible. Uh, She's a completely different style than Aga Radwanska, but I really think we could have a new... Polish superstar in the making on the women's tour, and I know Naomi and Iga sh- shared a great moment at the net after that match. And uh, as you mentioned, they want to hit uh, before the U.S. Open, and uh, possibly a great friendship brewing there and a great rivalry as well. I think that's another name to watch for, just rising on the WTA side is Iga Swiatek. I was very impressed by her this week.
1: Yeah, they don't officially call them the next gen on the WTA tour, but this next generation, these up and coming women, uh, uh Boskova, Andriescu uh, Amanda Nisimova, who wasn't here this week, That's but right. also one he to include in that yeah. conversation, Sophia Kennan. There's a ton of great players coming along. And there's a lot of great veteran players as well that still are capable of producing big results. So I think we're, we're heading towards the U.S. Open. And in terms of the women's tennis, which is what you and me have predominantly seen being here in Toronto this week,
0: there's a lot of reason to, uh, to get excited for this final Grand Slam of the season. Yes, there certainly is. We will just touch on the men's side because uh, going final, Rafael Nadal capturing his fifth Roger's cup title and it was a dominant performance in the final beating Daniel Medvedev 6-3 6-love. Uh one unfortunate aspect was Nadal didn't have a semifinal match. Gamal uh defeated Roberto Bautista, Bautista Agut that same day Saturday and then certainly could not recover. He was coping with an ankle injury too, couldn't possibly recover to play Nadal in the semis. But it was a pretty clinical tournament overall from Nadal who dropped just the one set to Fabio Fanini before turning it around. I think for me maybe solidifying that uh the big three reign supreme and when just one of them is at one is at a Masters 1000 event they're going to be a heavy favorite
1: yeah and um and Nadal and his dominance in Canada I mean Canada must have a special place you know in his heart because all the way back to 2005 when he was just this baby faced uh, kid in the pirate pants and the cut off shirt and the the long hair and here he is 14 years later still now back to back Toronto Montreal doesn't matter what city he's in he's able to produce the victories and as for that semi final I mean I guess Montreal lost out on a semifinal toronto kind of lost out on having the finals true. so we can just call it even between the two cities yep. you're not always going to get the final that you're hoping for there have been some great ones over the years you've seen them i've seen them uh, what final stands out to you in terms of rogers cup or canadian open if we go back when it was called that 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 really sticks in your mind
0: well i i was admittedly very young when this final took place in 2005 is a great finals memory for me as well agassiz versus nadal but on the women's side uh, Looking back, I was actually an Arantxa Sanchez Vicario fan as a kid, and she was known as a fantastic lay-court player. She won three French Opens, uh, but Steffi Graf, almost always would beat her uh, when they would go toe-to-toe, and it was often in, either in a final or a semi-final. But uh, in 1994 at the Canadian Open, this was in Montreal, it was Arancha Sanchez-Vicario who came out on top in a thrilling three-set match, beating Graf and saving a few match points, serving 4-5 in a dramatic game. And uh, she parlayed that just a few weeks later into her only U.S. Open victory, and her lone Grand Slam title, Grand Slam singles title away from the French, and she'd be Graf there in the final. So it was an incredible summer of 1994 for Arancha Sanchez Vicario, and it all started in Montreal in that 1994 Canadian Open final.
1: She was such a fighter, Sanchez Vicario, but I do remember Graf usually getting the yes. upper hand there. I always felt bad for Arancha. Um, for me, when I look back at finals on the men's side, just briefly to touch on uh, 1995, Agassi and Sampras faced each other. Agassi had just reclaimed the world number one, and uh, and he won that tournament. But Sampras would get the better of him uh, at the U.S. Open, I believe, later on that summer. And then on the women's side, for me, it's uh, kind of an emotional one. It was when Monica Sellis made her return to tennis. Uh, obviously, she was attacked in uh, 1993 and missed uh, just over two years coming back to the tour and when she did come back she chose to play here in Toronto in the summer of 1995 and she absolutely dominated she won um, six loves six one in the final over Amanda Kutzer didn't drop a set all tourney only dropped 14 games the entire tournament and it was just such an emotional um, moment for her that really connected her with the fans in Canada for all time and it sent her on a stretch of four straight Canadian opens in a row Um, Her last match in Canada, Monica Seles, that is, was the 2001 semifinals where she lost to, do you want to take a guess? Serena Williams. Serena Williams. How did I get that? For the first one (laughs) of her uh, Rogers Cup title. So a little bit of a passing of the torch there. But to me, that one um, really uh, hit home and, and is a moment
0: I'll always remember. Monica Sellas, four-time champion at Rogers Cup, and that's a great memory. Of course, we're going to have so many, so many fantastic memories from this week-long tournament. I don't think we could have predicted it would turn out this way—that we were seeing a Canadian hoisting the title uh, after one week of play. But that shows you what kind of champion Bianca Andrescu is, uh, and. I think, you know, she's physically going to need a break. I think we might need one as well. (laughs) Physically and mentally. Yes. Um, Absolutely. But
1: this week was great for us, as you mentioned. You know, tremendous support from Tennis Canada and the WTA Tour as well, hooking us up with a lot of great interviews. Yep. Um, You know, hey, we've got a new Canadian champion. We've got a relatively new Canadian podcast. Things are going well for tennis in Canada. We're benefiting from it. Tennis fans are benefiting from it who enjoy listening, who've connected with us this week. Thank you all for your positive comments on Twitter, Instagram, email. Uh, It's really great to hear that um, feedback that you like what we're doing we're going to keep doing it we hope we got many more rogers cups down the road and uh, we'll get back to it in uh, just over a week's time to talk all about
0: what's happening in cincinnati yes yeah, certainly thank you so much for all the support remember you can find us on twitter at matchpoint can and we are also on instagram matchpoint canada we will talk to you soon.